But at the end of the day, all that, all the stuff about how important the algorithm is and how beautiful everything needs to look and things like that, all of it gets trumped by the simple idea that if you consistently create good content, Mm -hmm. not content that you think is good, objectively content that everybody thinks is good, you're going to grow. Welcome to the YouTube Creators Hub podcast, where we help you conquer the internet one video at a time. We cover everything from how to start a YouTube channel to how to make a video go viral. And now, here's your host, the one and only Dusty Porter. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 162 of the YouTube Creators Hub podcast. My name is Dusty, uh, your host for today's show and hopefully for the foreseeable future. Um, As always, we have a fantastic interview for you guys today with a wonderful creator, a a rather large creator, uh, one of the first creators ever on the platform. Uh, as he speaks on here uh, in the interview, you'll hear him say that, uh, you know, at, at one point, you know, 12 years ago, he was in the top uh, 25 to 30 most subscribed channels on the platform. Now, obviously, that was when the platform was much sp- smaller, uh, but uh, but he does explain kind of uh, how he grew to be the channel that he is today and the impact that he's having on photographers and graphic designers and uh, other creators that are in his niche as well. Um, and so uh, this interview was fantastic, and it, it went a little long, so I am going to kind of keep this short. Do want to say thank you to TubeBuddy. If you haven't already, guys, what are you waiting on? Click the link in the description of this show Test out TubeBuddy. They have the browser plugin, the iOS and Android app, and they continually impress me every single day because they continually upgrade and upload, uh, not upload, I'm in the video mood apparently. They continually release new features with their tool. It is that Swiss Army Knife tool that I and hundreds and thousands of creators use on a daily and weekly basis. Also to you, the patrons, the people that have decided to throw me a couple of bucks, maybe even more than a couple of bucks over on patreon.com. If you do that, you get access to our creator discord channel where you can go, you can share your videos with other creators that are a part of the discord. You can talk YouTube shop with them all throughout the day, all throughout the week. There are a ton of wonderful creators over there uh, where I'm not able to be as active as I want to be just yet, other creators that are part of that Discord can give you feedback on your channel, on your video. You can ask questions. It's just a wonderful place to be. So go support us over on Patreon. Uh, this week we had a couple new patrons, Kyle S., uh, Lorenzo L., and Stacy P. Thank you guys so, so much for supporting me over on Patreon. That link will be down in the description as well. All right, guys, without any further ado, let's jump into this week's conversation. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's conversation on the YouTube Creators Hub podcast. Dusty here, as always. Joining me today is my guest, Nathaniel Dodson. He is the uh, the creator behind the TutVid YouTube channel. Now, I was looking before we went live here on the show. He is almost at 850,000 subscribers, multiple, multiple millions and millions of views over uh, the the past uh, almost decade of uploading and creating content there on the TutVid YouTube channel. He is also a father of three. His wife, Melanie, uh, have three kids. He is also a uh, commercial photographer, professional photographer, as well as a graphic designer. Um, He didn't really start hard with his business until late 2015. Um, Very, very good at Photoshop. If you've ever searched for Photoshop or design tutorials on YouTube, you have very much, you know, more than likely uh, ran into one of Nathaniel's video tutorials. So, man, how are you doing today? I've been good. 
Fantastic. Well, I'm just excited to have you on the show. I've got a ton of questions to ask you, but before we get too far into it, I do want to ask you, explain to my audience a little bit more about who you are, Nathaniel Dodson, as well as the content that you create over at TutVid. So give us uh, the brief two to three minute synopsis of kind of how you got started and the content that you create. Yeah, the videos that I make, uh, it, it all started way back in 2005, 2006, when YouTube was, you know, kind of a, an inkling in its daddy's eye, so to speak. And I, I, I was learning how to use Photoshop and Illustrator and Adobe Go Live, for those of us that remember Adobe before the Adobe Macromedia merger. Mm -hmm. And in trying to learn these different pieces of software, you Google around and look around and try to figure out what's going on and how to do this or how to do that. And back in the day, man, it was tough sledding to find um, any kind of quality tutorials and, and stuff that was really good and, and stuff that really worked. So my thought was, is, you know, I was 16 or 17 at the time. I'll go ahead and just make the videos that I want to see, the videos that I wish were out there. And very quickly realized that nobody was really making video tutorials because there's this thing called bandwidth and it's really expensive to run a website when you're consuming gigabytes and it turned out as I was consuming terabytes of bandwidth and one call from my web host later saying we kind of have to shut your website down or you can pay us like $5,000 a month uh, or we just have to shut your website down because the you're, you're consuming so much bandwidth or the rest of our clients can't stay online. So many people are downloading these videos. And I should say it wasn't that so many people were downloading the videos. It was just that I didn't know that much about video optimization. So every time somebody watched a video, it was like half a gigabyte of bandwidth. So you get 50 watches, 100 watches, and you're well over a terabyte of, of, uh, of data being consumed. So I was making, I don't know, a nickel, a dime off of Google AdSense. It was nothing. And sort of jumped into one of these Photoshop forums and kind of explained my predicament. And somebody explained, why don't you put the videos on this new platform called YouTube and try that out? And I just thought it was cheap and stupid and, you know, nobody's using YouTube. Like, why would I put my videos there and let them have the videos? And I didn't really understand how it worked. And, you know, as a arrogant, stubborn 17-year-old, didn't really have much of an eye for the future either. Uh, but I still ended up – I didn't really have any options. So I ended up uploading to YouTube. And from then until, yeah, about 2015, like you said, when I really started pushing TutVid um, – it was it was just it was more of a hobby than anything, and I was doing a lot of graphic design and logo design and dabbling in photography, which eventually is what really took off for me uh, was my photography. And only after maybe six or eight months after I got married that I looked back and I was like, you know, I got this YouTube channel that has a hundred or whatever thousand subscribers. Maybe I should try pushing it a little bit. And the last three, I guess, three years now, about three years, um, have just been pushing it hard. And we're going to break a million subscribers here in, in a few months. So it's been it's been a fun ride and uh, just looking to keep going and got some plans to start some new channels in the in the very near future. And it's it's just been fun. It's just a lot of basically the the channel is targeting logo designers, graphic designers, photographers, retouchers and people that like photo manipulation in Photoshop. So that's that kind of stuff where it's like. I've got a monster coming out of the bay and it's consuming the Golden Gate Bridge and here's how you make this in Photoshop, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. 
uh, but also very much frequency separation and, and beauty retouching skin for photographers in studio or replacing a sky. If you've shot this wonderful envi environmental portrait and the sky is just you didn't have great skies that day um, and things like that. So we I, I really try to cover a lot. And I have also done a lot of video editing and a, a few special effect e tutorials. Not really special effects; they're just tutorials that are done in After Effects. I'm not advanced enough at After Effects to really say that I'm teaching special effects. It's more or less um, some elements of After Effects. Uh, but I'm thinking I'm going to start a whole separate channel for that at some point, just so people who are into the video editing and motion graphic stuff. They can have a channel where they don't need to worry about a logo design tutorial dropping through or something about smart objects in Photoshop, stuff that they're not really interested in. Um, and the people that are interested in all that stuff have a channel all to themselves then. Yeah, it's kind of fun for me to – you and I are fairly – similar in age and as far as like watching your channel grow um, your story is fairly similar to mine whereas you do more kind of targeted tutorials around graphic design um, I, I'm, I'm really proud to to have you know taken a lot of the the I guess you would say things that you learned you know growing your channel and kind of see your channel evolve over the years and doing tutorial videos uh, and apply that to to my channel because I do more broad uh, spectrum tutorials I do tutorials about anything technology anything soft where I really don't have a, a niche like you have kind of niched down um, and right. there's there's benefits and there's also there's pros and cons to both of those um, but kind of watching you grow from like 12 years ago to where you you know you I'm looking at your channel now you did that the video of Photoshop tutorial using the extract filter what are some things that you've learned uh, in 12 years in creating videos that you wish you would have known 12, 10, 8 years ago, now that you're taking this kind of serious, what are some things that you're doing now that you look at, Nate, and you're like, man, if I would have applied this 8 or 10 years ago, not only would I have made a lot more money, but I would have also have more impact in the space and, and, and be a larger uh, presence on the platform. I don't, I don't know that it's anything that I've learned. I mean, I've definitely learned a lot, um, but at the end of the day, all that, all the stuff about how important the algorithm is and how beautiful everything needs to look and things like that. All of it gets trumped by the simple idea that if you consistently create good content, mm -hmm. not content that you think is good, objectively content that everybody thinks is good, you're going to grow. Right. And if you can add to that working the algorithm, uploading at a good time, having beautiful, wonderful thumbnails, having great branding, having simple, beautiful design, um, you know, cutting your intro and outro super short, maximizing your watch time, all of those different like things that people really get in and, and get, you know, down and dirty with their analytics. When are people leaving my video? What did I do there? I'm going to stop doing that. What makes people hang around on my video longer or rewind my video? Uh, how can I leverage Instagram and what can I learn about Instagram stories and what can I learn about, you know, doing live on Instagram or Facebook or YouTube or all of the different things that go into just every different social media platform all that stuff doesn't doesn't mean a, a you know a, a potter's lump of clay in the grand scheme of things if you if you can't consistently create good content and the problem that a lot of us have and I struggle with it too I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie I think the problem that a lot of people have is just that consistency and the ability to self-start so it's not even knowing something mm. so much as making myself be able to do something. 
Um, back when I started on YouTube, I was the 23rd most subscribed channel on YouTube in the early days. And I was right up there like Michelle Fon. I was ahead of Michelle Fon for the longest time. She's got like 8 million subscribers now. Hmm. She's like this makeup guru. Um, I was ahead of Alex Jones before he blew up to whatever 2 million plus subs and then got banned by YouTube and amidst all, you know, he's just always involved in controversy and whatnot. But there were the, you know, Smosh was like 15 or 20 places ahead of me, right? That's how close to sort of the top of the heap I was. Now that was with, 26,000 subscribers or something crazy. It was just YouTube was such a small platform. So it was more a matter of that. But I look at somebody like Michelle Fon who just kept going and didn't sort of put their channel aside and treat it like a hobby and upload four or five videos a year for six years or seven years. And, you know, she's got 8 million subscribers. I, I can only imagine the amount of money that she's made over the years. Um, and I took a little bit of a different route. So it's it's not really something that I've learned so much as that, you know, sometimes you just have to chalk something up to a, a sunk cost. It's just you can't go back and undo it. You can't really dwell on it and say, man, if only I'd done this, my life would be different. My life would be different. But, you know, it's pretty good the way it is now as well. Um, so if I it's, it's not what I've learned. It's if I could go back and do something over, I would go back and be more consistent, even if that was just one video a week, because one video a week for six, seven years, I can only imagine, uh, where the channel would have gone, um, in that time. I mean, I, I it, it would have done, I don't know. It just would have been a different story today in terms of where, where I am. You know, you look at a guy like MKBHD, um, I met him back in 2013 when he had 500,000 subscribers and I, I was still two years off from really pushing my channel. And I remember him telling me, man, I, you know, when I was young, I watched your tutorials all the time. I, you know, I've, I've seen your videos on YouTube and yada, yada, yada. And I remember, you know, you're, you're struck by him when you meet him cause he's a very intelligent guy. He's, you can tell he's hardworking. He's, he's unassuming in a lot of ways and he's just a really nice guy. And, um, I remember thinking, wow, this, this kid could really make it big on YouTube. And the main thing about him was he, he got into that space that he's in and he was just so consistent and he had so many excuses and reasons to not be consistent. He was attending school full time and he was shooting all of his videos in a little dorm room and all, all of these different things. And it just didn't matter. And he's, you know, he's going to crack 10 million subscribers here, uh, soon. And he's, he's a story that I always look at where it's somebody who I had a brush with very, very close. And when he was, you know, relatively small compared to where he is now. And, um, you know, he just kept at it. He hasn't changed his branding much. He hasn't changed the style of videos that much. I mean, he has a studio now and all sorts of things like that, but he really just stuck with it. And, and, and always was in pursuit of making his videos better, you know, putting out 10 videos a week, if they're all garbage is not going to do you any good. You know, it's just more sort of manure that, that YouTube has to shovel around. You want to create the diamonds on YouTube and the, the good stuff. So it's better to create, you know, one video a week. That's really, really good than five videos that are kind of, eh, nobody really cares about because just pushing out content doesn't matter. Consistently pushing out good content makes a huge difference. But it's that the creative's dilemma of, you know, self-starting. It's very difficult mm -hmm. to self-start. And the ability to self-start um, when nobody's pushing you, when you don't have a boss saying you need to show up at 9 a.m. Right. and you need to meet this deadline and all of that, that's where the greatness lies. 
And I think that for YouTube and probably anything you do in life, any business you want to run, the ability to self-start is uh, kind of the linchpin. You know, and you talk about creating the diamonds on YouTube of, of you know, in, in, in our space and in, in not talking about graphic design or photography. I'm talking more along the lines of tutorials and how to and educational mm -hmm. content. Yeah. It, it is not very hard to create diamonds in, in, in what I've learned is this, Nate, and you, I want you to speak on this a little bit. I want to hear your thoughts on this. When you're creating educational or tutorial content, and, and it's funny, when I was starting on YouTube, I would search for things that, that I wanted to create videos about. And I was like, you know what? I can do a video on this, and I, I'm very knowledgeable about this, so I want to search and see what's out there. What, what is out there is not that good. There, there is a very uh, small and finite amount of content that is out there that is actually... Um, going to take you from point A to B and get you to uh, to be able to complete a task of retouching a photo or being able to sync your iPhone to iTunes or whatever the tutorial that you are doing, the majority of the ones that I've seen that are out there, you cannot understand what they're saying. The audio is terrible. They, they, they try to do, you know, the actual composition of the tutorial is kind of an artwork that, uh, that, that not many people understand or, or understand that the, the evergreen nature of a tutorial and how much it can benefit even, you know, entertainment channels. So speak on that a little bit of creating the diamonds in the rough and kind of what you've done since 2015 to really up your game. Well, so I want to, I want to correct you a little bit. It, it is difficult to create a diamond. It's not difficult to create something that's more of the gold level, right? right like you said, right. there's a lot of kind of dreck out there. It's not difficult to surpass the junk, right? It's like um, being the, you know, the, the smartest dumb kid in the dumb class, right. right? It's kind of like, yeah, you're the smartest there, but you could be so much better if you really worked at it. Mm -hmm. Um and uh, so what, what I'm talking about, like, I, and I'm not sitting here saying I crank out diamond after diamond. I do a lot of what I would classify at that gold tier where it's probably better than a lot of the stuff out there. Mm -hmm. But the diamonds are the videos that, you know, boom for 250,000, 500,000, a million views right. where you, you struck a nerve. People can't click away. The content is so useful. You see people reposting it on Instagram and tagging you and you're getting messages about it. And a year after the video goes up, you're still getting 60,000 views a month from that video. That's those are the diamonds. So I, you know, I get a video like that, you know, uh, maybe five or six of them a year. Now, I would like to get a couple a month. That's that's kind of the goal in the, in the direction that I'm moving. I, I'm trying to get one or two of them a month. Um, but again, if you're not if you're not writing songs, you're not going to get hits. So sometimes it's a matter of putting stuff out there and you just don't know what's going to be a hit. What you can do is learn how to use your camera better, learn how to be better on the microphone, learn how to explain things better. Um, and, and getting back to your question of fleshing out uh, something like a tutorial, learn how people consume videos and take take the criticism. You know, one of the one of the worst things I see is and you see people doing it with a lot of different things, not even just artwork. But just this idea that nobody can tell me how to live my life. Mm -hmm. And I mean, yeah, on one level, sure. But like the attitude is so harmful and so bad to begin thinking that way. Because if if you're doing if, if, if let's say I put a video up on YouTube and I think it's a pretty good video and I get 100 comments and 10 of them are like, dude, you suck. You talk way too fast, mm -hmm. which is a, a critique that I get a lot. And sometimes people say it in not very nice ways. But 
you know how sometimes like if, if somebody gets drunk around you and they, they start saying what they really think about you or somebody else, you kind of know the truth is really coming out. So that's the way I look at those comments. In this unfiltered moment of frustration, I can really see what maybe a lot of people are thinking about my video. So you can react to a really negative comment and say, oh, this person's a you know what or this or that or the other. And, you know, why can't you be nicer or whatever? Or you can just say, look, I mean, whatever's going on in your life is going on in your life. I'm not getting into that. But there's some there's some value here that I can extract in terms of maybe I need to show the finished product at the beginning of the tutorial. Everybody complains about that. Or maybe I need to cut my intro down from a minute and 50 seconds to 25 seconds. People complain about that. Or maybe I do need to work on enunciating my words a little better or speaking at a more relaxed tone. Or maybe I speak too slowly or maybe my microphone's too quiet. Maybe I need to upgrade my camera. All these different things. You can glean so much information uh, from your audience that it's, it's a real travesty when I see people kind of react in this ultra-defensive way. Um, yeah, sure. They're getting a video for free. They're getting content that maybe they would normally have to pay for, but like that doesn't preclude you from getting better. And like, if you get better, so what, so what about what everybody else thinks? Like, at least that's the way I've always thought about it and tried to approach it. I don't really care what all these other people, if they want to yell or scream or, you know, pitch a fit or whatever, if you're yelling and screaming and I can pick out one little, one little tasty morsel from that comment that you left, I feel like a winner. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, it's funny that people are even in real life outside of YouTube, people are really hesitant to take advice to try to improve themselves. And I think that's a, a, a bit of what kind of sets people apart, not just on YouTube, but in life as far as success. If, if you're willing to implement if you're willing to improve not 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 understand understanding that you're not bowing down to the trolls you're not bowing down to the people giving you criticism uh, a lot of the things that are said in in my youtube video comment section are things that i utilize as not only motivation but also as criticism that i can help kind of move my channel forward and where you know people may tell you that you speak too fast people have told me uh you know historically in in my videos that you know go ahead and get to the point you know you have a tendency to ramble on and in tutorial videos that is something that is very easy to do. And so I've tried to kind of cut back on the fluff and cut back on the fat because these people who, yeah, maybe they don't present it in a way that, that I like per se, uh, they do present a very good point. And, and many other people probably resonate with what they've said. So uh, I definitely can can kind of relate to what you've said there. Well, and I, and I, do, I do think, you know, so what if you bow down to the trolls? The right. police aren't going to come and arrest you for it. Sure. Right? And, it, <laughs> and again, I, it, to, for me, it's always been a matter of, you, I'm going to learn, right? Mm -hmm. uh, you, you can say the, the mean, the most mean spirited, whatever, uh, you know, and pe people, people hit you in every possible place. Um, I've heard a lot of different things and a lot of different, really, you know, people threatening to find my house, sending me screenshots of Google earth. Here's where you live. I'm coming. I'm going to find you and kill you in the night. I'm bringing this knife with me. <laughs> like very descriptive, the kind of right. stuff where people are like, you know, when, when somebody threatens to kill you, it's one thing, but when they start describing how they're going to do it, right. whoa, right. um, that, that's kind of when, you know, there's some, something serious behind it and it's just, you know, okay, buddy. I mean, whatever, uh, you know, it, it is what it is. And, and it, yeah. but that, that, that's a little more difficult to take something constructive from that other than, you know, maybe I should file my LLC in a state where they can't look up my address kind of thing. <laughs> um, but, uh, but there's still, I don't know. I just think there's kind of always something to learn. Uh, no matter how difficult or bad uh, somebody's being about something. 
I agree, 100%. Um, I do want to transition briefly over to monetization and the business side of your YouTube channel. So uh, obviously you can be as, you know, as detailed or as, you know, nondescript as you want to be. Um, let's talk about how you're making money as far as like with your channel, like what are some ways that you have monetized the channel uh, and maybe even speak on how that has, has evolved over the years for people looking to kind of make money from their channel as it grows. Yeah. Um, so obviously you have AdSense, which is okay. I mean, it's, it's not like you're going to make a killing on it. I guess it depends on your niche. It depends on your, your CPM. I get a, I get a pretty good CPM in the, the field into which I fall, but I've worked with people who get literally like one fiftieth of what I make based on the, the number of views, um, that, that I'll get per month. So it really depends if you do something very general, if you do something that doesn't have a really strong targeted audience, you're probably not going to get the higher payouts from Google AdSense. Um, and you obviously also have the, you know, kind of in the back of your mind, think about we've had two adpocalypses now mm -hmm. um, and sort of whatever went on with the YouTube comment thing. I don't know if that counted as the second or third or mm -hmm. however it worked. I don't know. Thankfully, a lot of that stuff hasn't really touched me. I had one video where I mentioned ISIS in the video, and that's the only video I ever had that got demonetized. Um, it was about a wartime photographer, so honestly, there, I guess a lot of the content in the video could have been considered um, too graphic or something, but it was not graphic at all. Hmm. It was about a journalistic photographer and, and kind of like this con artist. Um, but it's the only video I ever had that got demonetized, and they reviewed it and still wouldn't monetize it, um, despite the fact that no difficult images, nothing. there was nothing like that. Um, so that was annoying. Um, but it did kind of make me feel, man, this would really, really be a bad feeling if this was happening to a lot of videos. Um, so if you're going to at all rely on AdSense, which is probably not a great idea to begin with, but if you are, I mean, I'm not going to hate you for it. Um, and you can definitely do it for the first, for the first whole bunch of years of my channel. That was how I made all the money on the channel. I didn't monetize it at all. Like I said, it was, it was more like a hobby than a business. So there's nothing wrong with it. Just be aware that who knows, you know, who knows where the AdSense would go. I mean, I, I, I kind of doubt it'll ever go away because YouTube wants to make money too. And that would be really scummy of them to continue running ads on a platform and just taking all the money and being like, well, the video was a bad video. So yeah, we're going to make all the money off of it, but you can't as a content creator. So I don't know that it would ever get that bad. I feel like that would be one thing that could end up destroying YouTube if they were to do something like that. So I'm not overly concerned about that. Um, and I kind of know where my content lives. Again, if I was a news channel or, or something like that, um, I would, I would, you know, yeah, that's You're kind of living on that scary edge of you don't know when it's all going to be taken away from you. But if you're doing a hair channel or a makeup channel or a tech channel or a photography channel or a public speaking thing or a travel channel, a lot of that stuff is pretty innocuous and, and you're not really going to run into issues. Um, just depending on how you, you carry yourself and, and convey everything. If you're Dan Bilzerian and you got, you know, half naked women running around and you're, you know, using cocaine and, you know, shooting guns and everything else. Yeah. You might have some issues with the travel channel like 
that. But if it's more of a, you know, just kind of passive, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm eating food or I'm, I'm, I'm taste testing everything on every first class flight around the world, you'll probably be fine. Um, so, th so that's, that's the first and sort of obvious way to make money, but it does take a while to build an audience that you'll actually make money off of. You know, I, I working with some of the smaller channels that I work with now, and I'm always doing uh, consultation and things like that with friends of mine and, and people who I run into through my channel who are interested in starting their own stuff. You just got to be in it to in it to win it like for the long run, 18 months, 24 months, putting in the work, expecting nothing in return. Um, and sometimes you will get nothing in return. But if you really go at it with the attitude of I'm going to go all out, it really honestly expecting nothing in return, you're probably going to succeed. Um, but a lot of people go in and they, they get impatient and they start trying to, you know, shortcut here, shortcut there. And it, it really stunts the growth of the channel. So the Google AdSense is one thing, but it's it's a longer term thing, and it you know it's a scary place to hang your hat. So that's that. Um, we also sell courses, so um, those those can be. Uh, it all depends. I mean, those those can be really really good money makers, and they they last kind of a long time. I mean, I've got a, the the very first course package I ever put together uh, was just a kind of a, a conglomeration of tutorials I have on my channel. They're available for free. But a lot of people had been emailing me and saying, hey, I'm a total beginner. Do you have like – can you send me a list of like 20 videos that I should begin with? So after sending this email 100 times or whatever, um, I just said, you know what? I'm putting it together in a course for 25 bucks. Boom, you can download it. You can download all the videos. Here it is, $25. And still I don't market the course at all. I don't advertise it at all. Um, and I think it still to this day makes like 500 bucks a month. You know what I mean? And it's just sitting there. The, the stuff is all from like Photoshop CS5 and CS6. The videos are old, um, but people still find it useful. And it's cheap, you know, relatively speaking. And it's just like 500 bucks a month. You know what I mean? I'm not going to turn it down. And as long as it's sitting there and people look at it and they say, you know what, I'm going to buy it. And I'm very clear. These videos are all available on my channel. But, you know, you got to go sort through a thousand videos to find them. And, uh, you know, here it is in just a little package. So to save you the time, 25 bucks, boom, make the transaction and it's done. Um, that's all done through a company called gum road and it's just something where every week it's just a direct deposit to uh, the bank account and it's easy. So I just leave it there and I, I literally have to do nothing with it. Occasionally there's somebody who a download corrupts on them or, uh, they get upset. I think, you know, in the last, you know, three years, there've maybe been two times I've had to go in and issue a return, uh, but it's not very often. And it's just a little thing that makes a little bit of money. So that'd be one way that I think would be very easy for people to go and make some money if they have videos or something like that that they could sell. Uh, and the beauty of a place like Gumroad is it's free. They just take, I think it's 30 cents per transaction plus 2.5% or something like that. But they allow you to process credit cards and I believe PayPal as well. Super easy to work with. And you just set up your bank and you can just direct deposit. And it's an easy way. You don't have to buy in at 100 bucks a month and see, you know, how's this going to work? Is it going to work if I'm selling $5 artwork cards or something? Um, it's, it's a very easy entry level um, app if you will, that allows you to get in and just get started and not really worry about paying out and losing money. So there's that. Then there's also full-fledged courses, which can be, you know, bigger money makers. I mean, that's stuff where if you, li you, you line up your ducks in a row, you can make 50, 60, $100,000 on the day of a launch and then, you know, 15 to $40,000 a month thereafter for 
you know, a year, year and a half. And then obviously it lives on. Like it has, it sort of has its half life, if you will, that continues on for pretty much as long as you leave the content up there. So you have things like that. Uh, and then I also do sponsored videos as well. Um, and that just, you know, when it comes to a sponsored video, it depends on the sponsor, how, how tightly they mesh with your audience, what they're willing to give or what they're willing to pay. Um, and right now I'll charge anywhere from two to $10,000 for a video sponsorship. It just, again, it all depends on uh, how closely they align and, and, and how much of a budget they have and, and things like that. Yeah, there, there are a, a number of ways to monetize and, and depending on the type of channel that you have. And I'm, I'm like you, I always encourage people to um, do not rely on a platform to uh to support your family um and you know whereas adsense i'm so thankful for youtube and google as you mentioned at the top of that answer um that is something that uh, the rug could be pulled out at any moment i like you don't think that's going to happen but you never know um and being able to have your own website being able to have a place where you're selling products being able to have affiliates that are working with you outside of uh you know what's going on there there's there's so many ways that you can monetize and you'd mentioned three or four of the main ones there um as we are getting close to the conclusion of this interview, I feel like I have so many more questions for you. Maybe I can have you on in six or so months and we can do a part two. Um, yeah. I, I do want to ask you this question. You mentioned at the beginning of this interview, and I, I kind of jotted this down, you, you've got some ideas and you've got some thoughts that you want to do some more channels, and you mentioned one with the After Effects and, and video editing and things like that. What is next for you? You're you know getting close to a million subscribers now, should be there very soon this year. Um, what is next for you and your channel and your content? Content. Like, what are the things that short-term and long-term you're looking to do to kind of continue to grow and, and to do what you love? Um, the first, the first goal is just to be able to break the content down and deliver it with more specificity, which mm -hmm. goes to something like the video editing channel. Um, I, I could maybe even see at some point in the future relegating Tutvid to either just be like the logo and graphic design side of things and starting a separate channel for photography retouching type stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, one of the big goals is before the end of the year, uh, to, well, not really a, a big goal before the end of the year, just a general big goal moving forward is to boost my personal brand right now. It's sort of Tutvid. Everybody knows Tutvid, 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 Tutvid. But I want to, I want to build my brand around me, Nathaniel Dodson, because in 10 years, if I'm not doing this anymore, the Tutvid brand doesn't really travel. My name does. Mm -hmm. So I, if there's one thing I could say to people, especially people just starting on YouTube, use your name. A lot of people want to get cute and I need a company name. It's going to be so cool. It's this, that, and the other. And that was part of you know my thinking when I first started. I, I had two parameters. I wanted a company name because I was scared to attach my name to what I was doing. And number two, it had to be short enough that I could fit it on a license plate. So that's where I got came up with the six characters, tut vid. Um, and going back, I kind of wish I had just started my channel, Nathaniel Dodson, because I could transfer that anywhere. If I decided to go full time with photography videos, I could do that. If I decided to anything, anything I wanted to do, it would just be that way. I mean, think of all the, you know, really big YouTubers. I mean, I brought up Alex Jones and Michelle Fawn and you've got Casey Neistat and you've got um, Peter McKinnon in the photography and, and video field. And there's just so many people like that. I mean, heck you, right? Dusty Porter. So you, you got people who use their name and it's just something that if you ever pivot off of the exact topic you're working on, people still know you based upon your brand. 
my buddy Jared Polin, Frono's photo, right? Mm -hmm. People know who Jared Polin is if you're right. in the photography uh, YouTube field. Uh, just just hit a million subscribers yesterday, actually. Right. Um, I had Jared on the show. And, I love Jared. Yeah, yeah. Jared, Jared's, a, Jared's a cool dude. Uh, abrasive, but cool dude. I like him a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, it's, 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 um, that, that's definitely a big thing moving forward is focusing on the personal brand. And I will 100%, um, hopefully before the end of this year, be starting a, an additional channel that is focused around my personal brand. And it'll be a Nathaniel Dodson or Nathan Joseph Dodson. My, I under, with my photography, I go by Nathan Joseph Dodson. So one or the other, just something that, that feels good and something that's my name definitely. Mm -hmm. Um, and that'll be all, that'll just be all photography related content on that channel. Uh, photography, you know, camera stuff, setting up shoots, lighting, working with clients, contract stuff, uh, but also vlog style stuff. You know, think, Again, I want to say thank Peter McKinnon. He's really good at what he does. Mm -hmm. um, he's somebody that creates a lot of diamonds. Um, I'm not quite at that level, if I'm being totally honest with myself. Um, and I also wouldn't just want to go and copy someone else's content. I have my ideas for the way I want my content to be created. Um, and I'd rather get uh, you know half a million subscribers doing something my way than five million subscribers ripping off somebody else's stuff and never really knowing um, you know, what I was capable of. There's something about just doing it your way that that just feels right. Exactly. No, I I, I could not agree more with what you said. Well, I'm excited for what you're going to do in the future. I think that uh, you do a really good job at at, at presenting, and, and you're uh, very talented at, at what you do in your space. And I think that, uh, as I mentioned at the opening of this interview, m most of my audience probably has already heard of you, um, if not have heard of Tutvid. Now they kind of know the person behind uh, the channel that they've probably consumed content uh, over the past few uh, few years, if not decade. Um, and speaking of personal branding, uh, I remember, you know, when I was younger and I created my channel, um, it was, you know, technology guru. I was going to be the technology guru. You know, I was 16, 17, 18 years old. Um, and that just <laughs> seemed to be the right thing to do at the time. And uh, three years ago, kind of like you said, about 2015, 2016, whatever the, the date was exactly, I decided, you know what, um, people are, are beginning to notice me on my podcast and for uh, video production and videography and things such as that. I want to go ahead and brand my, even if it hurts me in the short term, I want to brand everything around Dusty Porter. I want everything to be, uh, and since that, I have gotten speaking gigs. I have uh, partnered with companies that I never would have imagined would want to work with me. Uh, and there's something about being able to brand around your personal name, around who you are, uh, that, that yeah. like you said, it will travel with you. Uh, and so definitely. Well, definitely and just agree. real quick, if I can, if I can butt in and just mention one last thing here, um, like being, be targeting your content. Right. Like that was that was probably going all the way back to one of your first questions. An early mistake that I made was trying to be too broad and appeal to too many people. Mm -hmm. There's you 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 look at it like, oh, I can get to a million subscribers faster if I do videos for these eight different kinds of people. Right. That's actually wrong. If if you know if you're doing you know uh, as the old adage goes if you're doing videos on underwater basket weaving there might not be a million people who are interested in that one super niche topic right um, but in general you know if I had just focused on Photoshop for photographers right not even just Photoshop in general because you can do Photoshop for designers as well mm -hmm. I bet you I would be on my way to two million subscribers right now. And, you know, I could have a channel also dedicated to Photoshop for designers and Illustrator 
sure. and Lightroom and, and everything else. So don't be scared to niche down. In fact, you should go against that gut feel that you may be having where I need to do 8,000 different kinds of video and force yourself into this funnel. Yeah, it's funny you say that because that's kind of the opposite of how I've created my channel. My channel is more of a search-based channel. It's it's in no way a community-based channel, and I'm trying to get away from that going you know to the podcast and things like that. Whereas you know, well, it's, like, it's exactly the same how I've grown my channel. It, I'm saying I think it's I think it's a mistake. In I think it is too. <laughs> I think it is too. People people ask me like, Dusty, why don't you just do YouTube tutorials? And I truly believe, and I'm watching a guy or two right now in my niche, friends of mine, by the way, that, I, that I've worked with and I communicate with on a weekly or monthly basis, um, that are focusing solely on YouTube tutorials, YouTube education, and they're you know, half a million subscribers in a year. And I know for a fact, like you said, if I would have done that and if I would have niched down to that, um, that I would, have, I would have that type of success. I just don't know... I'm such a being a creative person like you and I are. It's 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 very hard to say to myself for the next five, ten, fifteen years, I'm going to be creating content around this one thing. Well, there's that, Dusty, and also, and this is a really important point for anybody listening, thinking about growing or starting their channel. When you grow a channel that is very sterile feeling, mm-hmm. i.e., there's not a deep soul to the channel. There's not that person behind the Correct. channel. It's very difficult when it comes time. If you build a product and want to sell it, yes, it is extremely difficult to sell a product. You can have a channel with 20,000 subscribers, and if it's all about you, you can probably sell a 1,000 mm-hmm. iterations of a $100 product, and that's $100,000 last I checked. Or you could be a channel that has 800,000 subscribers, right. and you could never show your face. It could be a very like clinical, sterile-feeling thing where, yeah, it's a very utilitarian channel. You provide great help, but people just know, oh, if I search for a tutorial, I might bump into this guy. Correct. Yeah, maybe you have a ton of subscribers, but nobody knows who you are. Nobody trusts you, so it's difficult to get good sponsors because sponsors aren't getting good return on the money that, that you're uh, charging them. Uh, because when you're telling your audience, hey, go and buy this, they're like, but you're basically a robot to us. We don't know the human behind this channel. Mm-hmm. And also when you create a course and you say, hey, guys, it would really mean something to me if you would go and buy this course, people start to think, I don't – but I don't know you. Yeah. I know your screen and I know the way your mouse moves and I've heard your voice maybe and things like that. I know your little intro music and your outro jingle, but that's it. So building based on community – um, while it's not, it, it's much easier to build when you, you are injecting yourself into the search engines. It's true. And it's, it's a good idea to do that. Don't do it at the expense of building the community side of your channel and showing who you are and being dusty or being right. Linda or being Josh or being whoever and showing you. Right. What, what a good point to end on, because I think that uh, to a certain extent, you've done this too, but but I've built my channel as a search-based channel, and there are so many things that I wish that I could do that I just can't do because of the way and and that that I've built my channel. Um, so many people, you know, who who are you know searching for things have come up to me and they've emailed me and they said, "Oh my goodness, I've listened to your podcast, but I've watched your videos years ago, but I had no idea that was you." Um, right. And and, and the, like you said, the face, the the personal aspect wasn't there. It was kind of. Uh, impersonal per se um, and I, I started this podcast over three or four years ago and I have you know anywhere from 50,000 to 100,000 downloads per episode which is way smaller than, than the audience on my YouTube channel per day and what has happened is is that I can sell things 
advertisers want to come on the podcast much more frequently, much more easily, and make more money with the smaller numbers, but I'm more niched down to just YouTubers, to just YouTube creators. And there's so much benefit to that. And, and, and yeah. although I've created a very successful YouTube channel that, you know, and you know this too, creating how-to content, I look at some of my friends in the space and I, I, you know, I compare our daily views and monthly views and I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm getting so many more views than these people. But the actual relationships that are being built are being built on those community-based channels and not on my search-based right. channel. I may get yeah, fifty I mean, to 60,000 views a day, but, you know, yeah, sure, that's making me some decent money on ad revenue, but what is that doing for the long term of my channel? Right. Do you, do you open a, a doctor's office in Times Square or on the side street that 20 sick people walk down every Correct. day? Correct. Correct. Right? So do you, do you stand where 100,000 people just walk by you and ignore you mm-hmm. or where you can, you can have 20 customers? Mm-hmm. Because 20 customers are paying more than 100,000 people just walking by and, and ignoring you. I agree. I agree. That's why there are channels that I work with that are five, ten, fifteen thousand subscribers. Uh, you know, not that many video views, but are making you know six figures uh, because mm-hmm. they know how to sell courses. They know how to utilize affiliates. They know how to do things with sponsored videos and their website and their email list. There are so many things that they know how to do um, that even at that small number. Uh, you know, there's there's sites like Patreon and and crowdfunding sites that if you have a very small cult following, if there's a hundred people willing to give you twenty bucks a month or fifty bucks a month, you can do the math. That's some decent change. And being right. able to utilize that is is fantastic. Well, we've gone long. Uh, I knew that we would. Uh, I have so many more questions for uh, for Nate to ask him. I have so many personal questions that I want to ask him that I that didn't get to get to today on the show. Um, but man, where can we find you on the internet? Where can if they're like, man, I, I, this guy had so much great value to share today. Where can they find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me on YouTube, YouTube.com/tutvid is the first place. Um, and for more personal stuff. And by personal, I just mean, you know, you're not going to see like pictures of my kids and things like that, but just <laughs> right. get, getting kind of guy behind the camera, guy behind the screen. Uh, I've, I've been playing a lot on Instagram lately, Instagram.com slash Tutvid. I'm doing this thing right now over uh, 100 days of sketching faces, and I'm up to sketch 50, 53, something like that. And two months ago when I started, well, you, you can see my first sketch, and it was horrible. And um, today I'm finishing a sketch of Steve Irwin. Uh, yesterday I did Steve Jobs. The day before I did Albert Einstein. We've done Elvis. We've done John F. Kennedy. So it, it's like I'm still not – I'm no Michelangelo. But when you go back and look at my first borderline stick figure-esque drawing and see what 50 days of practice can get and wonder where – I don't even know where I'm going to be in the next 50 days of sketching um, – it, you, you'll get to see fun stuff like that. I think after I finish the sketching, I'm going to do 100 days of logo design and then probably 100 days of portraits or something like that and just keep going through this process because it's the first time I've done it. and It's been really fun and we've gotten a ton of engagement. And people mm-hmm. are loving it. So it's it's just been really, really cool. What a fun idea. I love that. I'll have all of those pertinent links in the show notes of this uh, podcast episode. Thank you all for listening. If you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast, whether you're listening on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, wherever you consume your audio podcasting uh, content, please do that. We would really appreciate it. And, uh, Nate, thanks for coming on, and we'll uh, talk to you next time. Dusty, man, I appreciate it. 
been listening to the YouTube Creators Podcast. We want to thank you and invite you to subscribe to the show as well as support us on Patreon for great perks such as having your YouTube channel featured on the show and a link on our website. Until next time, keep uploading those videos.